0: And welcome to Strengthening the Soul of Your Leadership podcast. My name is Ruth Haley Barton, and I'm founder of the Transforming Center. And I'm here with Steve Waynes, senior pastor of Genesis Covenant Church in St. Louis Park, Minnesota. Steve is also a Transforming Community alumni, which means we spent a lot of time laughing, growing, and being transformed in the presence of Christ in community with other leaders.
1: Well, we've made it to episode three, the practice of paying attention. So Moses has discovered what lies beneath, he's found his own conversion in solitude, and then he notices the importance of paying attention as he encounters God in the burning bush. So, Ruth, how important is it to continue to cultivate the ability to pay attention?
0: Mm Well, if you look at Moses' story, if he had not had any space for paying attention in his life, he would have missed the whole burning bush experience. And so I think it's really important for us to think about that pretty carefully and to wonder, what am I missing out on because I'm so busy? Because I'm rushing from one thing to the next with no time to pay attention. And I even encourage people who work together in a leadership environment to ask this question together. So um, I remember one time when I was working at a large church on staff and I was literally running to a meeting on the phone. My daughter was <laughs> homesick, and because we had important meetings that day, I couldn't, I had to leave her home alone, which I hated to do. And so I'm rushing to this meeting because we did our meetings back to back without a moment to breathe or do anything in between. And I'm on the phone checking on her to see if she's okay. I mean, I'm working in the area of formation here at this church, you know? <laughs> and Another staff member, we rounded rounded a bend and we almost collided with each other. And he just stopped and looked at me with these big eyes, like, what is our spiritual formation person doing running through the hallways this way? This is not good. And I realized... This is awful when people are seeing this happening in my life and when I literally have no time in my life to call a sick child at home or to take care of anything else that's personal. How are we doing this to ourselves in a church, you know? And so I think even how we do our life together in our churches and organizations, do we even schedule any time in between meetings for people to... Reflect a little bit on what just happened to make a couple notes to themselves, let alone take care of personal needs before we go back into the next thing that we're supposed to be thinking about. I mean, what is our practice of paying attention? Is there any time for paying attention in our lives? Because who knows what we're missing out on when we don't have times and rhythms for paying attention in our lives. So there's lots of ways to get at this and lots of observations that can be made um, on our way to trying to establish some better patterns in our lives.
1: I like that example, Ruth, because typically we can think, hey, I'm doing my 15 minutes of solitude and silence Mm -hmm. in the morning, but then we pack our days back to back. And so from 8 a.m. to 6 p.m., we are Mm -hmm. running and we don't see the disconnect there. Mm -hmm. So the importance of of blocking out spaces to uh, come down off of the activity and and adrenaline Mm -hmm. of a meeting to breathe and then cultivate the ability to pay attention in the next meeting. Yes,
0: right. Well, and also to pay a little bit of attention to what happened in the meeting before. You know, where were the places where I experienced, you know, dis-ease or consolation or desolation or maybe even paying attention to a person who didn't speak or who seemed upset and maybe being, you know, guided by God to follow up with them or a place where you're uncomfortable with your own level of participation in the meeting and you want to go back and make that right. I mean, there's a lot of paying attention to do about what just happened before we even move on to the next to pay attention there. And I think, you know, many of us don't have any time for that kind of attention at all.
1: So I think that's great. We've mentioned just the small discipline of creating little blocks Mm -hmm. of time in between our activities, our meetings, Mm -hmm. dropping someone off, picking someone up, whatever it is. And that helps us pay attention. Mm -hmm. That helps us look back to what happened and notice movements of the soul and Mm -hmm. movements of the spirit. What are some other practices that a busy leader, parent, Mm -hmm. whatever it is, can employ? Because right now, uh, Because of our technologies, there's Mm -hmm. so many ways to continually be on and active and just always Mm -hmm. available.
0: Yeah. Well, I think one really powerful practice is the practice of the examen for this specific purpose. So either however it works for you and your schedule, either at night, if you've got some spaciousness at night, or for me, it's usually in the morning. I'm usually too tired at night to do much of an examen anymore. But in the morning, I am fresh. And to go back over the previous day or whatever, the previous couple of days, and to just invite God to to show you what you might have missed um, in, in, in that, like places where God was at work and you missed it, or places where um, you resisted the activity of God and, and didn't follow through, places where you fell short of Christ-likeness in your own interactions with people, um, places that God might want to say, you know, a little more attention here, this person needs some attention, you might want to follow up and give them a phone call, um, even in terms of how God wants you to approach the next day based on what you learned about the day previously, to just give yourself 15 minutes or just some open, spacious time to pay attention to the previous day and invite God to be the one who guides you in that reflection and to show you what you have might have missed or what you need to see. When I am practicing that practice consistently, I feel like I'm safer, mm-hmm. you know, like I'm not blowing past the presence of God in my life and I'm not making nearly as many mistakes or I at least can... You know, make things right that were a mistake rather than just blowing by people and things and incidences that have happened. And um, when I am practicing that practice, I find that I'm walking closely with God that I'm not missing as much, that I'm more loving towards people, that I'm wiser. And that's. it's just a very encouraging way of practicing. So um, that's one of the most important things. And, of course, you have to have some solitude and silence in your life to be able to do an examen at any one of those times. So, again, we're back to solitude and silence. It's the practice that helps us to pay attention.
1: And you talk about an examen, and I've, I've found, once you get used to it, This can take five to 10 minutes. It's not an hour of Mm -hmm. deep introspection. Right,
0: exactly.
1: And that's the other thing. Mm -hmm. It's not just introspection. Mm -hmm. Can you say more about how it literally is inviting the Spirit in to speak to you?
0: Yeah. Well, it's a spiritual practice in that sense. A spiritual practice, by definition, is not human introspection. A spiritual practice is guided by the Holy Spirit. So... The practice of the examen as a spiritual discipline is actually guided by the Holy Spirit. You invite the Spirit to show you things. You're not going back over and working really, really hard to try to figure anything out. It's a very restful practice. And if you trust God and your trust in God's ability to do this grows over time, if you trust God in it, um, you don't obsess over it. You receive what you're given and you don't worry about anything else. And the other thing I think is important about the examen, though, is that we are committed to responding to whatever God brings to us. Yeah. You know, And doing it right away, like in a really timely way, um, following through on what you hear from God or paying real attention to the timing if God's helping you to pay attention. So, for instance, if there's something that uh, happened in an interpersonal relationship that was tough... And you recognize it. God brings your mind to it. God maybe even brings to your mind your part in it or some awareness that you have of something that might have been going on with them. And yet God says, but wait a second, I'm not quite sure they're ready for that yet. So um, just wait until I open up the opportunity. So you say, okay, I'm aware of that. I'm watching for the opportunity. And God, when you give me the opportunity, I will walk into it. Um, is another you know kind of good way to live with what we're seeing and knowing
1: in those times. We describe that it's almost as if you have to walk with Jesus mm-hmm. throughout right. your entire yes, day, exactly. Versus just getting mm-hmm. some instructions yeah. in the morning and then yeah. I'll see you. Well, next Well, and morning. with
0: attentiveness, like in what I just said, there's an attentiveness that you're taking it with you into the day. Yes. So I'm aware of this person. I'm aware that maybe something happened there that that didn't feel good to them or whatever, but I maybe I'm not even sure. And I say, okay, God, I'm really willing because you brought that back to my mind, but I'll wait for the opening. And if you give me the opening, then I'll walk into it. But that means I have to stay attentive though, right? To when the opening comes. So yes, I'm walking, but I'm also being attentive and watchful for mm-hmm. those opportunities. It's a good way to live because it takes the burden off of us to fix everything and to know everything. Yeah. We're It's a much more responsive life to the Lord, I think.
1: Yeah. I remember one time, this is years Mm -hmm. ago, and I am I think I was emailing in the morning and I knew I was heading into a meeting, Mm -hmm. but I I had been doing some practices that would help me cultivate paying attention. And I believe the Holy Spirit brought to my mind, this certain person needs encouragement Mm -hmm. today. Yeah. And so uh, I got to the meeting and there was two other people in the meeting Mm -hmm. before that person had gotten there. Mm -hmm. And I shared, I said, you know... I think the Holy Spirit wants us to encourage so-and-so. And so Mm -hmm. so, would you mind if we all think about that Mm -hmm. for a second and then all create some space in the meeting Mm -hmm. to actually encourage the person? Mm -hmm. And they're like, sure. And so uh, at the certain point in the meeting, uh, I said to the person, you know, we all would like to actually just pause Mm -hmm. and encourage you. Mm And I didn't say anything about the Holy Spirit, you mm-hmm. know, said to me. Yeah. Uh, and we did it. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. water works, you know. Yeah. And this is not a person who normally cries. Yeah. And then the person shared how, uh, which they hadn't mm-hmm. shared previously, what a, a time that they were going through yeah. in, the, mm-hmm. in their lives and how meaningful that was. Yeah. You know, so it's like, wow. Mm-hmm. And that was a great um, faith builder for yes. me mm-hmm. that the Spirit really does walk with us right. when we're paying attention, the right. Spirit really does speak. Mm-hmm and then you know we we follow through Mm -hmm. and good uh, things happen good things happen yes Uh, so uh, um one of the things I love about this book in particular is that you write about not only personal experiences of, of paying attention, mm-hmm. but you write about periods of time where the board of the Transforming Center also needs to mm-hmm. pay attention. So one of the things yeah. you wrote about is that uh, you were trying to discern whether or not you were going to expand into additional office space, mm-hmm. but you unanimously voted no. But then you received a phone call that yeah. changed things. Would you tell that story?
0: Yeah. Um, so, you know, early in an organization's life, there are so few resources that, you know, like we were we were functioning out of two little tiny office spaces at that time. So um, we knew we needed to expand, but we also had to be careful about not taking on more financial responsibility than we were able to handle. And so um, the opportunity came, but we didn't feel like we could handle it um, in terms of what our resources were. But then, after that meeting, um, someone who didn't even know what we were didn't didn't even know what we were wrestling with, um, actually seemed to see our situation and seemed to see that we were almost hogtied by the office space that we were functioning out of. And so that person said that they could step up and they could actually um, resource us for the first year. And if if i had just decided i was going to go with what the with what our board decided and not even revisit it Just say, you know what, thank you so much, but we decided not to take it, so maybe we'll use it for something else. But instead it felt like a burning bush moment, like, wow, this is something pretty ordinary, the need for office space, but God seems to be doing something extraordinary here. I'm gonna stop and pay attention to it. And so I did. I I decided to share it with our board and they too felt that it was a burning bush moment, Mm -hmm. an ordinary need that we had that was made extraordinary by the presence of God, you know, through this person's generosity. And so we revisited the decision and we actually decided to move forward on the basis of the this gift, this sort of burning bush thing. So um, that's a very different thing than just making decisions strategically or even based on what your, your resources are. In this case, God was doing something that was different than what we had you know, thought our way into. I also wonder, though, if if when we surrender a desire, surrender something, because of course everything in me would have liked to have moved forward into better space, but I had to surrender that as I gave into the wisdom of the whole group. Um, And sometimes when you lay something down, God gives it back to you in a way that you can't expect or that you would never have been able to predict. So it's just really nice when that happens because then you really do trust it and lean into it and go forward
1: yeah and it, it underlines the importance that there are other people mm-hmm. paying attention that's, yes and sometimes right. that comes to your benefit that's and right so we're all connected yeah in that way. And the
0: Holy Spirit we we are all seeking to be responsive to the same Holy Spirit. Right. So it shouldn't surprise us that mm-hmm. God is moving in one person's heart you know in similar ways to what he's saying to our hearts even when we don't even know what you know even though we don't know what the issues are you know yeah. but God's God is the one at work among us all.
1: That is very encouraging. Mm-hmm. So the practice of paying attention is multifaceted. Mm -hmm. Uh, Another thing you write about is that uh, a leader needs to learn how to pay attention to what burns Mm -hmm. in our hearts. Say more about that.
0: Yeah. Well, that phrase is from the New Testament story of the Emmaus Road when the disciples were walking along and Jesus Jesus joined them. And as they reflected back on that walk, they said, did not our hearts burn within us as he talk to us on the road and so this is again a very visceral experience it's where we begin to understand the dynamics of consolation and desolation the way saint ignatius talks about them that there is this visceral in the body experience of a sense of burning uh, that that alerts us to the fact that something different is going on here, that this is graced by God. This is something, this is Jesus joining me on the road. This isn't just heartburn, you know? Yeah. This um, This is the fellowship of the burning hearts, you know, those of us who walk along being willing to pay attention to the times when our hearts burn within us. And so I think paying attention can also be a time for paying attention to when our hearts burn within us and to wonder what was going on there. And maybe that was Jesus. And what was Jesus saying to me at that point? And that contributes, again, to a very responsive life in God. Because I believe God speaks to us deep in our beings, in our physical bodies, the way he's created us.
1: So let's say there's uh, leaders have all different kinds of personalities, and some leaders are very persuasive mm-hmm. to the point of being manipulative, yes, uh-huh. and they have a way of sharing what's burning in their heart mm-hmm. in a way that uh, can convince people, and that may or may not be from the Holy Spirit. How do you tell the difference?
0: Well one way we can tell the difference is that leader's willingness to be in discernment around it. Um, you have to really, really wonder about a leader who comes down from the mountain with great inspirations but is not willing to submit it to anyone. Um, and so we've just come through a, an envisioning process in the Transforming Center where God really did sort of open up a landscape for me in prayer in a time in solitude about what could be next for us in the future. Um, and at the time when I saw it, I I just was willing to be with God with it. I I thought, you know, it seems really kind of big, but God, okay, I'll go ahead and write these things down. We're in solitude here. I'm not going to think about what else I might do with this, but I'll write these things down. And then as we headed into a board meeting after that, I really felt like God was saying, you need to open this up to those in your leadership community. You need to at least make them privy to what it is that you're seeing. So I said, okay, I'll do that. Um, And when I opened up the conversation, I told them that I wasn't married to any of this, you know, that I felt like God had unfolded this for me, but I wasn't married to it. Um, I was holding it very openly, but I did want to just be honest and up to date with them about what God was showing me about the future for the Transforming Center. And that I wanted, I really wanted their input and I wanted us to discern these things together and um, because I tend to be the kind of person that comes down from the mountain with ideas and inspirations to me it's a really important thing to be very clear when I'm presenting these things that I'm looking for discernment and mutual influence I'm not looking to foist this on the group and expecting everybody to just go along with me Um, and it's a very good place to be it's a humble place it's soft it's open it's not, it doesn't lack vision, it's just that I'm with the vision in, in a particular way with others in community. Um, and, and I think that the humility with which one presents it, their willingness to be influenced by others, their willingness to interact with significant penetrating questions, all of those are ways that we can tell whether or not um, a leader's vision and the way that they're holding it is a healthy thing for the group.
1: Yes. And that brings us to this topic of discernment. Because if you're, if you're a leader who brings the things that God brings to you, to your team mm-hmm. for discernment, yeah. then you become a trustworthy leader. Right. Mm-hmm. But you also, it's, it's also, we've said this in the last season, mm-hmm. pursuing God's will together, but it enables you to bring things to yeah. the table mm-hmm. with passion even, right. knowing that you're not trying mm-hmm. to manipulate.
0: That's right. exactly. Exactly.
1: Because I think the other danger is we so don't want to manipulate right. that we don't bring mm-hmm. what God brings to us right. with enough strength exactly. to the table. Mm-hmm. We sort of back off and we don't really yeah. give it the way we mm-hmm. should. Yeah. So so cultivating the ability to pay attention to what mm-hmm. God is doing, how mm-hmm. what God is whispering to you, how God is moving among mm-hmm. the teams that you yeah. lead and the people that you interact with.
0: Right because all of us involved in this have been cultivating this practice of paying attention and responding to whatever God is saying to us within there's not a lot of hesitancy to hear to share to move on it because we trust it yeah. um, among ourselves
1: no one's going to foist it on anyone no, no one's mm-hmm. going to power up no one's mm-hmm. going to claim that no. you know God spoke to me right. alone right. uh and that and that's a big 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 mm-hmm. lesson in discernment yeah well uh ruth as always you have a prayer that you're gonna lead us through so please do that now
0: so let's conclude this episode with a joyful prayer you know something that invites us to enter into the joy and the gratitude of the potential of what god could do as we pay attention like this again from ted loader oh god let something essential and joyful happen in me now something like the blooming of hope and faith like a grateful heart, like a surge of awareness of how precious each moment is, that now, not next time, now is the occasion to take off my shoes, to see every bush afire, to leap and whirl with neighbor, to gulp the air as sweet wine until I've drunk enough to dare to say the tender word. Thank you. I love you. You're beautiful. Let's live forever beginning now. And I am a fool for Christ's sake. Amen. Hey, everyone. Thanks so much for listening and being a part of our conversation today. As part of the launch of the expanded edition of Strengthening the Soul of Your Leadership, we're offering some special bonuses when you purchase the book. So if you'd like to take advantage of that, just visit us at transformingcenter.org for details. If you've enjoyed this podcast, we would love to know. Please leave us a comment wherever you listen to the podcast and subscribe so that you will automatically receive upcoming episodes.